0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting week. I am your humble truth speaking host, Ralph DeLugas, and this is Truth and Strange, Human Fiction. We have a really packed show today. I have like 20 different topics I want to discover, or uh, discover together with you guys. Um, I think we're going to start out with a little... Have you ever heard of the expanding earth theory, Brian? Is this something that's known Im- amongst people? You're you're kind of always our sounding board. Um, well, we should probably cover this just really quickly. Um, there's a lot of theories out there and like so many, so many theories. The big problem is for the most part, everything in this world is engineered deliberately and, and conceived to deceive us. Um, it is all part of a big elaborate lie. The evil men have uh, put together. And we're actually gonna talk about who those evil men were and when the big plan was hatched in our age, which is a place called Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. Um, this is the birth of the Federal Reserve in 1910 uh, by Rockefeller Morgan and others who aren't named. Um, what you may not know is this entire plan was hatched in a parlor that sits on top of an ancient altar upon which a human sacrifice of children was performed anciently in that exact spot. The altar is still there, which is probably not something that most people know about. But um, really interesting, really cool story, honestly, because that altar is now smashed and destroyed. Um, So we're going to talk about that story here in a little bit. But before we get to that, I think we need to cover – uh, this expanding earth theory many of you probably know that um the continents used to be together in one body i believe what's that called pangaea or something like that um i was looking at that map this or yeah actually this morning and i find it really interesting so so basically the theory is this um I'll try to s- summarize it without going down too deep of a rabbit hole um a lot of people think it really expands, and it, it, it has expanded so much. That is what caused the divide of the continents. I don't believe that. I think the Earth, well, we know the Earth is a living, breathing thing. It, a, a, not a thing. It's, a, it's a, a female, feminine, I don't know what to call it. It's not, it's not a woman, I don't believe per se, but it, it has a feminine spirit, and it's a, it is a living organism, a very big one, created by uh, Elohimic parents. So the Earth breathes, and the Earth has a heartbeat. Um, Kind of interesting when you look at where the ley lines are and where the heartbeat is centered um, in the heartland. Kind of an interesting rabbit hole, maybe for another day. But um, the Earth does contract, and we know that the continents were divided sometime after the time of Noah. Um, Before that, the Garden of Eden and all humanity, everything that transpired, Canaan, giants— uh enoch Enoch city being taken up Mel- Melchizedek probably came after. no well you now I'm a little rusty on my uh biblical uh patriarchal uh uh genealogy, but I believe Melchizedek probably would have been after the continents divided um but anyway <clears throat> so what happens is and this is a really cool process everything we see over our our heads i believe is is um a metaphor of what God is trying to teach us. Um, The sun is what feeds our earth. All creation happens through the sun. The solar wind has every single element that we know of in it. Um, Mostly hydrogen, yes, but it also has, you know, iron and and cobalt and every single element in our periodic chart is in the solar wind. Um, And the solar wind 24-7 bombards all of the planets, and the planets literally grow um, elementally. Also, in addition to this, we have, you know, coronal mass ejections, cosmic dust. We're going to have a really big uh, blast of that soon when the uh, sun goes through its micronova process and blows off its outer shell. Um, We might have a chance to talk about that a little bit today, too. But just for what we're talking about here Know that the Earth continues to expand. The continents divided. This process happens through the sun, as all creation does happen through the sun, S U N, and I would add capital capital S O N. Um. So now uh, let's go back to uh, Jekyll Island. Let's see where do I where do I start with this? Before I do that, I want to talk about briefly too. I don't know if any of you have heard of the Thunderbolts project. Um, they're kind of a cool little organization, uh, like one of my favorite ones, Suspicious Observers. And they used to be friends. They're not friends anymore. But this is based on um, Emanuel Velikovsky, uh, Hans Alfin. These were uh, scientists in the 50s. Velikovsky was a very good friend and colleague of Einstein who uh, was very much on board with Velikovsky's work. Velikovsky was a physicist as well, more focused in um, cosmology. He wrote a, a book called um, worlds in collision in his book, he uh, pointed to these archetypes that are throughout human history. And, you know, just to give you a couple of them, they are, this is where we get the, uh, oh, I gonna be able to pull it up quick enough, but, um, the archetypes of the, the pillars of heaven. And I think this is where a lot of the flat earth comes from. Um, the, the, there's a lost golden age. There's an archetype of that. There's uh, these uh, gods, uh, chaotic gods, battling it out in the sky. These these shapes, uh, the, the four wheels of heaven. The the most prevalent one too. That's really interesting is the cosmic thunderbolt. Um, in every single and these guys, you know, this is I don't know four or five six thousand years ago, maybe ten. Hard to say for sure. But all of these civilizations were drawing the same things uh, in stone. They were chiseling the same things. This Zeus with his cosmic thunderbolt, every single um, civilization at that time had their version of Zeus and uh, a god in the heavens that was throwing massive cosmic thunderbolts at Earth. Now, did they all get together and email each other and say, hey, you know, this this is cheese tau over here and. Mesopotamia, and they they talked to the, you know, the Hopis over here in America, and everybody just decided to, at the same time, start chiseling the same things that they are seeing in the sky that we do not see in the sky anymore. Um, Super interesting stuff. So this cataclysm, I believe, was was the cyclical cyclical, uh, nova that we are going to get the chance to see here in about another 10 years. Um, All massive, uh, large... Earthquakes, um, everywhere you look, whether it's around the time of Christ and other times, anytime you have huge upheaval, you have these tempests. You have these huge plasma discharges that go along with that because earthquakes are an energetic electrical event. So anyway, getting back to – we covered expanding Earth, a little bit of catastrophism. Let's get back to Jekyll Island. So (laughs) – I thought this was really cool. I had to share this. I came across this the other day. Um, I I really like studying Canaanite. uh, In general, giants have always been something that fascinates me. There is no doubt that man used to be a lot bigger. I believe Adam and Eve were eight feet tall, maybe-ish, Joseph of Egypt. It's pretty much, I mean, we we know David, uh, Captain Moroni, throughout the Book of Mormon. It's through all these ancient writings we hear of these big people, that is completely covered up in our, our society. Specifically, I wanna talk about a place called Jekyll Island. Um, most of you guys probably know what was hatched there, the creature that came from Jekyll Island, which is the Federal Reserve, the great, the great banking scheme that we all are enslaved by today, the fiat currency and all that. Um, don't wanna to talk too much about that, but essentially, at the time, there were two uh, powers on Earth. Uh, as I understand it, like Astor and some some other bankers were fairly good guys. And then we have, you know, the the descendants of Cain. Which is, that's what I who I think they descended from, but they believe that. Whether you believe these thirteen bloodline families are descended from ancient scumbag bloodlines or not, I assure you, they believe it. They believe in Satan, and they believe they are better than you, and they don't think much of you, to be real honest. Which is how they're able to justify what they do. So they um, cooked up this grand scheme of um, our enslavement in 1910, and um, this uh, parlor that this was uh, conceived of, this was uh, built by Rockefeller. I believe it would have been—I don't—I forget which Rockefeller it is, but one of the Rockefellers. And I'm sure they were all there. That we know the, the Morgans were there. Um, all of the, the banking cartel of this world were there, and this is. This parlor was built upon an ancient, um, altar. And, um, I want to talk about a man named, where's his name, Rob Skiba. He is a pastor and a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he, he was, um, he had a dream vision, um, uh, where the Lord told him, Hey, you need to go to Jekyll Island and go on a mission for me. And he's like, look, I I don't really have time yet. You know, lots of reasons. Like many of you, you know, when, when you kind of get these impressions to go and do, you're like thinking of all the reasons why you can't, but he does anyway. So he goes to this island, and um, I'm going to summarize his story. His account is online. Um, the Canaanite altar below Jekyll Island. Uh, this is d- dated 2016. Uh, ancientpatriarchs.com is this is his site. So anyway, um, and this is also Edward Griffin is in this uh, in this podcast as well, so anyway, he gets to this island. He, through a chance meeting, uh, comes across this really old retired guy that used to take uh, tours, uh, a all, all through Jekyll Island, not just of where the Federal Reserve was was hatched, but also um, there was um, giants on the sand. There's an ancient civilization here, and he, uh, the guy uh, Rob Rob uh, Rob Skiba. Uh, said his guide uh Tim Bents was very much an atheist and didn't believe in god or any, any such things but he was a, a very um very well trained and and he knew the 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 lay of this land very very well so he was taking around all these sites and showing him some of the ancient ruins and the digs um you could this is uh, rob's words you could tell that these were really big dudes by their weapons they were unusually large some of these swords which looked very, um, very um, Near Eastern, very Babylonian in their size and in their design. These were not normal Native American looking tools. These looked like something you would see out of Nineveh or Babylon or Assyria, right? So that was the first thing that really kind of caught his attention. And the altars were also very, very, very Babel, very, you know, very much like the ancient world across the pond. So um, he's he's taken this guy, uh, this tour guide's taken him around, and, and he he gets a private uh, couple hours in this parlor and I believe it's the Rockefeller Mansion or is it a hotel there I I, I honestly don't know for sure I just know that the Rockefellers built it and built it for this purpose and this room isn't used to this day since then other than maybe to you know show people so anyway he's in this room. And he asks his guide if he can have a few minutes because he wants to pray because he feels like there's something he needs to do here. Or there's this is the reason why he's come, right? So the guy goes in the other room, and um, this uh, Rob Skiva, uh takes a knee and starts praying. And he has like an open vision during the day where he sees the Savior. And um, I think this is such a cool story. You don't, you may believe this story, you may not, but I think it's 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 definitely cool and interesting. So. Um, He's conversing with the Lord, and uh, Jesus tells him, essentially, look, this is where um, the beast is was hatched that needs to now be destroyed. This is, you know, the heart of Babylon, the financial system, and this altar needs to be destroyed. So that's what you're here to do. I'm going to do it on this side of the veil, and I need you to do it on that side of the veil. Together at this time, we're going to destroy this altar. And Rob is like, "Oh." What do you want me to do, Lord? Go get a bunch of you know pulses and blow this place up? I can't. I can't do that. And um I, th- I think I really believe that the Savior has a great sense of humor. So he kind of laughs a little bit. You know, he's always patient with us. He says, "No, this is. Uh, let me show you how it's going to happen." And he says a few words, and then uh, uh, this is you know Jesus speaking. He says, "In my own name." I rebuke this altar, I destroy it, and I forget the exact verbiage. And then he just kicks it. And the entire altar in this guy's vision is just destroyed. It's just cracked, shattered, pulverized, right? And he could – it, it literally rocked the chair he was sitting on. And, but he kind of thought this was all in his like dream, vision, right? Well, his tour guide comes racing into the room and asks, what in the world was that? Is that an earthquake? It was felt all over the town. Um, the, the building was not destroyed. Um, who knows what really happened underground, but it was felt by many, many people that day. And the timing is also interesting. About three days later, the uh, the uh, Lehman Brothers, that whole crash, it's hard to say exactly what happened back in 2008, but it was definitely the beginning of the destruction of our financial system. Right? At the beginning of that year, the national debt was about, what, $30,000, I think, for every man, woman, and child in America. Now, or excuse me, at the end of that year, I believe the figure was $390,000 for every man, woman, and child. So, like, the national debt was increased many, many, many fold just to try and buoy up the system through the, you know, the savings and loan collapse, the the Lehman Brothers, the stock market. This is when the, um, I believe, when they also did all the mortgage things where basically the Federal Reserve bought up every mortgage on earth, which, or excuse me, in in America anyway, but you know, that's all smoke and mirrors anyway, because they don't actually borrow you any money when you go buy a house that they don't actually have the $300,000 or whatever it is they give you for that house. They give you a piece of paper that says $300,000 on it. And you now work your whole life away to pay that back in real money, in real merit that you have to earn by the sweat of your brow, but you're paying them back for nothing they didn't give you anything yes you have a house and but because the contractors and everybody's willing to pretend that what they gave you was money it works for a time but that time is up so anyway kind of a cool story so the altar at Jekyll Island has been destroyed and as you guys well know this is a uh, this is all well underway um I don't like to look at the uh I don't know. There's there there are so many signs around us around us. It, it, it's hard to just pick one. I I think it's really fascinating. I don't want to talk too much about what's going on in Ukraine and and so forth, but I am <clears throat> absolutely convinced that uh that we know who we at least know who the Assyrian king is that's going to sweep the promised land and the promised land is definitely deserving of a good uh, sweeping. Um, so Assyrian king, this is kind of Bible speak, this is a, an Isaiah sort of a thing, and also Daniel, and I mean, this is, this is throughout pretty much the Old Testament, that um, what has been shall be, and uh, the promised land today, which is America, North, North America, um, you could expand that to just say, I guess, maybe Christianity in the Western world, but you, you look at what's going on. And I, I think it's it's not hard to see that you know Putin and G and you know allied with probably North Korea, Iran. I would imagine Turkey in there. I am very much convinced that Germany is going to be on the side of the Russians in this. Um, the, everything I see makes me believe that, and I don't think we have long to wait for this to happen. And you know, there's just so many so many things you can look at but the hypersonic missiles that both China and Russia have. It just breaks my heart when I think of all of our fighting men and women on aircraft carriers and so forth. But anyway, we know, we know what's, what's coming up that way. Let me get back to my notes here. Uh, um, so, you know, also it, it's kind of fascinating back to this um, Jekyll Island thing. I just wanted to bring up one other point. I've, I've always been really interested in just how, like in, in the New Testament, we, we only see Jesus angry really one time. Even even when he's dealing with these Pharisees, he, he's not super nice to them, but he's not angry. We only see actually two times where he becomes angry, and both times it was the same event or the same sort of thing when he cleansed the temple, right? He did not like that at all. Uh, he flipped the tables over. He essentially made a whip. And drove these guys out. These guys that were making money. Um, and you don't have to look too far into this to understand why it was. See, in in the old days of, of David and Solomon, back in that era, the coin had um, it was sacred. The money was based on honest principles, and it was um, I forget whose face was on it, but it was it wasn't the face of Jehovah. But it was it it was. Good and good symbolism. It was good coin. Uh, by Jesus's day, this now had uh, the symbols of Babylon on it, and it actually literally had on the back front front side it had Caesar's face, of course. On the back, it had pure Baal symbolism. So, if you think about that, here they are exchanging sacred emblems to be used in sacrifices in the temple, and literally doing so for the currency of Baal. Um, no wonder that Jesus was aggravated by this. Um, and you know, I I was telling this story to a a friend of mine last night about the altar being destroyed on Jekyll Island. And he, he looked at me he's like, you know, I don't think I believe that because I think the Lord, you know, Ralph, I, I think the Lord would work through his authorities. Those that are holding keys, it would be like a prophet or an apostle or maybe a Pope or, or someone with authority to go do something like that. And I, I didn't know what to tell the guy because I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know about your church, but I know my church, we have something called the the Holy Stock Portfolio of, you know, a couple hundred billion bucks. Most of the large standing, you know, religions of our world, be it the Catholic church or the Muslim church or, you know, the Jewish faith. These are entities of great wealth, very much affiliated with Babylon, right? So it's not really going to be very likely, I don't think, that the Lord is going to work through these guys that have completely embraced, I don't want to say who has or hasn't embraced the idolatries of Babylon, but the pattern is kind of set that God usually, you know, when Jesus came, he didn't, he didn't call Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin to be his apostles, even though they were the church. Even Jesus, Jesus even said, they sit in Moses's seat, right? They have the authority and he acknowledged that. But because of what had transpired, which is kind of interesting, every time I think whether you look at 1776 or the time of Christ, I would also probably point to 1820 to 1830. Every time uh, heaven opens and God acts in a big way to bring um, His work here, Satan acts in a big way to counter it. And I don't think <clears throat> I don't think that has ever been not the case. We know what happened, you know, to the Gnostics, you know, Nicaea, you know, shortly after. You know, Jesus left the scene and, you know, the Christian ch- church became very much so sullied and distorted. Not long after, after 1776, you could say another, you know, great outpouring of heaven and uh, heavenly, powerful manifestation. Satan went to work straightway, you know, before before a generation or two had gone. You know, we're, we've got the, the federal bank. We've got the Civil War. Um, I think that's a pattern that we can pretty much— look at throughout history so anyway we're running up against a break here when we come back i want to talk a little bit more about some um, current science events and one of the coolest things i think i've ever come across um i wanted to explore something called ki or chi in uh the indian buddhist hindu realms this would be called prana i like to call it the ether but um you know and I want to point out this is a family show, but this is very much so tied throughout history with sex. So um, don't worry. This is a very G-rated program, very uh, family-oriented, but I think it, it it definitely ties into man and woman and the path that we take to become who we came here to become, right? We got war coming, my friends, and we can either be preparing to go to a FEMA camp and live in fear or we can prepare for – a to prevail. And I prefer the latter. So anyway, after this short break, we're going to talk about something called centric, uh, I'll just say the word, and how it can um, help us ascend after this short break. Buddy, um let's see here i want to switch gears just a little bit the uh you know there is a man out there and let me see if i can pull up his name there's a few places that i really like to go to like when i want to learn about oh like cosmology physics the last place i would go is you know the national science foundation and, and paid liars like that there's a, a I really like Ben Davidson for a lot of like catastrophism and cosmology. He's a brilliant guy. Um, does a lot of good, honest uh, research, and he's also a great person for like uh, kind of muddling through a lot of these. Uh, I enjoy reading the peer-reviewed papers, but you know, because of the funding mechanism, you don't get the funding to write a peer-reviewed paper or do the research unless you know the kingdom gives you their blessing. And so unless you don't get the hundred million bucks from the Rockefeller Foundation. to Prove that you can heal someone with faith, right? That's not going to give you anything. It's going to, you know, ruin the world. And we need to give all of our money and power to the banks. Oh, they'll, they'll give you all the money in the world to do that, right? So it's kind of hard to, um, to find good, reliable sources, but probably my favorite for history and for. Um, Know, like archaeology and such is a guy named robert sepper i'm trying to find it here quick um this a lot of what i'm going to talk about here for in the Tao practices and the tantric i'm just gonna i'm gonna call it tantric sex i guess because i don't really know how else and and, and let me be really clear um i when i first heard it and i've heard this in many Videos of uh, of his and and I really love to study the ancient architecture and the relationship of fire and water uh, serpent you know there it all relates back to a very a very unified thing but when on this program when we talk about sex we are talking about a man and a woman that are married in holy matrimony. Covenant-keeping woman and man engaged in a very sacred uh, ascending act. That's what sex is on this program. Um, I, I, I heard the phrase in this Robert Sepper video, and I'd heard it many other times, so I made the mistake of actually Googling the word tantric sex, and you can imagine what my iPad filled up with And it. I quickly shut all that down. I realized, yeah, you don't do that in this world. You don't go to Sodom and Gomorrah looking for uh, enlightenment in these things but make no mistake about it there is an opposite of this right we know that the dark side the same scumbag group the bank the banking cartels the elites the the bidens the whatever these the people that that are in the power structures that run our world for whatever reason are quite often tied up with this sex sex cult stuff this satanic ritual pedophilia perverted, gross garbage gobbledygook. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I I don't mean anything ill towards, you know, gay people. I I think we all have our, for me, I, I have a whole bunch of weaknesses. We'd be here all day if I started sharing my weaknesses, but to me, same sex attraction is something akin to like my alcoholism, a weakness, you know, it's, it's something that many people do get over. um, I have no judgment for anyone that does not and lives their life married to a man or a woman married to a woman. But that is not God's plan for his children, not by uh, not by the word of God and not by um, it's just not right. Um, So in this uh, in this video, in this particular video, uh, Robert Sepper, S-E-P-E-H-R, he has so many good videos, literally hundreds of them. And um, this one is called The Mystery of the Serpent. Um, He also talks about, you name it. Let me just give you a few of the topics on his YouTube. It is awesome. Uh, Alchemical Secrets of the Knights of Templar, uh, Unmasking the Money Magic, The Lost Children of Hercules, uh, The Mysterious Religions of Atlantis, and on and on and on. Um, Super brilliant researcher. I have no idea where he finds the time to do all this. But um, in this particular video, this was the mystery of uh, the serpent and un- unmasking money magic in the dark side. And I've I've I don't know for whatever reason I've I felt compelled for a time to look into the satanic ritual abuse garbage, and I always kind of came across this term that they use a lot in those circles called sex magic. And I thought, what in the world is that? I just figured it was some gross, kinky, funky something that we would never want to know about, and I'm sure we don't. But there is a power in, obviously, in sex, right, um, for good and for evil. The darks use it to increase their, I don't know, I don't, I'll don't, I'll I call it dark spiritual horsepower. By this same token, um, we can increase our light spiritual horsepower. Um, in this video, I, it's kind of hard to explain in a short little podcast, I just, kind of want to lightly touch, touch on it here today, but I am convinced that what in the ancient cultures, uh, what they called key or chi, um, I know I have a, my father-in-law, uh, he's Canadian. He, he shared an experience with me once. He's like a, he's a black belt. I, I believe in karate. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what, what discipline he is, uh, studied in, but he, he was, can, uh, Canada's national champion for many years he is he's one bad dude he is he still fights to this day and he's in his late 50s but i remember him saying that he uh, through meditation uh he broke a bone i want to say broke a hand or a foot or something like that and had to fight the next day and with the focus of his mind and with i believe he used the word chi as well um was able to heal himself and fight the next day we know about these you know tibetan monks and and you know all, all these examples where they, they throw boulders, they can jump huge distances, they throw energy balls and blow, blow doors open, and et cetera, and et cetera. This is power over the elements. This is real power. This is power that we are going to have to get to and get access to fairly soon, my friends, right? So in this, um, in this particular, I guess, practice, the, the one place that I found that was actually super helpful was a man named Grand Master Mont- Montak Chai. He's a Grand Master of Dao philosophy. He has a short video in this Mystery of the Serpent um, podcast by Robert Sepper. And essentially, what he talks about is um, um, the in in the Dao teaching. And Dao, there really isn't good or evil. There's just all good, right? It just depends on the application of it. So. When cells split, when energy is required for health and and when your cells are splitting and they have to be splitting and reproducing all the time, if they don't, you are dying, my friend. And in this process, he says, chi or qi is required. Um, If you want to be more intuitive, if you want to have more spiritual horsepower, if you want to be more creative. If you want to be essentially a more a sentient being, this is what he says you must do. And he is very clear that this is a practice with your wife um, or your husband. Not to harp on that, but to me, it's about direction and who you want to follow. You want to follow heavenly parents and be more like them? This is the path. If you want to go the other direction and be more like Sodom and Gomorrah, hey, that path's out there too. We don't talk about that path on this channel um so anyway he talks about husband and wife engaged in you know intimacy and not always you know the actual act but this is a lot of prolonged thing you know i i came home to my wife i I shouldn't share this personal story but i but i will anyway i came home i said hey hon you ever heard of tantric you know she's like oh good grief what have you brought home now um and i i kind of Caught myself, usually my, my clutch doesn't engage on my mouth quick enough, but it did that day, thankfully. So I thought, you know, I'm probably going to look into this a little more before I go blabbing my mouth to my sweetheart about it. But this, in this, uh, the teachings of this grandmaster, uh, Chai, he talks about, um, the one thing that you don't want to do as a man is that final climactic act, you know, where you, where the semen comes out, that is the fire. And, you know, we, I did a, podcast about a year ago on this um it is everywhere in the gnostic teachings every group of people that we have a record of achieving you know very high spiritual levels they are able to not completely get rid of that act but things like you know uh, flying solo i guess if you know what i mean like like self self gratification or whatever completely shunned and um and that final act needs to be very carefully guarded and for the most part you don't actually do that as a man which this grandmaster talks about how you can do that it's a an act of the mind and he talks about like making sure your buttocks is very exercised you got to have strong bum muscles i guess i don't really know a lot about that i'm i'm kind of in in foreign waters here i'll be honest but there is a this resonated very very true to me. So he talks about, um, and I've actually tried to do some of this in my own marriage and it has been guys, I have to tell you, very highly recommended. I know, you know, the world keeps us so busy. We don't have time, but like, just, you know, things like rubbing, my wife has very dry skin. And so like, I hear the last few weeks, get some lotion, you know, lotion up the feet, you know, take maybe 20 minutes and give, give your wife a good foot rub without expectations and just Give her a hug and a kiss and go to bed and she would be like, wow, that's weird. He didn't even want anything from you, right? Um, it's a level of living that creates more ki or chi in general um, and also at certain times. This is the energy of creation, literally and metaphorically. I think there's no difference between this and what we call the ether, light of Christ, divine matrix of the Elohim, etc., right? Um, This is the power of creation. And I think this is very much so why the world, you know, there is nothing more just distorted and perverted than sex in our world. Right. I heard, uh, I don't know if this was a a providence in Canada, or if this is like a, a national Canadian law, but there was a law recently passed in Canada. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of it, Brian, where if you are, if you're like a pastor or a rabbi or a religious teacher, and you assist another canadian citizen to overcome same sex attraction you can be charged with a crime it is now illegal in i don't know if it's throughout all canada or if it's just maybe a province i don't understand how honestly a very good understanding of of how laws are passed there and if they have you know national laws versus state laws like they do here but Um, At least in a Providence and maybe throughout Canada, you cannot, as a rabbi, help some, you know, some young man or young woman comes to you and says, hey, look, I really struggle with same-sex attraction. I don't want that path. I want to get married and have a family. Can you help me overcome it? And as a, you know, in my religion, it'd be a bishop or pastor or whoever. If you work with this person and help them down a path other than the same-sex attraction, you'll be charged with a crime. Now, if you are an example of an improper role of government, I don't know how you could like, like, holy crap, the government forcing religious institutions to teach that same sex is just as sanctified by God as a man and woman in holy matrimony. Are you kidding me? It's pretty amazing. Um, but it's really not that surprising. It's really no different in the U S and throughout the Western world that we just don't maybe have a law against it, but it's everywhere. Um, so anyway, in addition to this, um, and I'll let you guys kind of find your own path. I would advise against just Googling it. Cause you guys know what happens when you go to Sodom and Gomorrah and start looking for these sorts of things. But if you ask in prayer, you know, how to be guided in such, such a way to, uh, to be a more chi filled or key filled or prana filled, uh, individual, I promise your answers will come. Um, another way that I've, been kind of looking into that I, I've had a lot of success with is just the act of watching a sunrise. Uh, you, you, it's peaceful, you know, it's lovely. And I, I know everybody's probably done that and, and, and been in awe of a sunrise and a sunset. You know, this is throughout Masonic rituals. They have um, a ritual in Masonic init- initiation as you get up into the higher levels where they lock you up into a box for like 24 hours and you see no light at all. And then they take you and they pull you out of the box and they rip your blindfold off just as the sun's coming up and you stare right into the sun. There is an effect on your pineal gland. And I very much suspect that what this grand is teaching is a similar thing. It is the interaction of Elohimic children with their environment. We are, everything in this world is, is, is deceiving us and, and teaching us, or, or, or rather, I should say, trying to hide who we really are. Um, I think a sunrise and a sunset is another awesome tool. I'm not a very good meditator. I've got to tell you, my my wife is a great meditator. She can meditate anywhere, anytime, anytime. I think she got that from her martial arts father, probably a little bit, but I can't ever clear my head. I really struggle with meditation. But when I, when I watch a sunrise or a sunset and I kind of set my alarm, I, I have an app on my phone that kind of tells me when that time's coming up. That's about the only time that I can really clear my head and just be at peace, and it, it is wonderful. Right after such periods, you know, complicated problems that, you, you know, you're trying to figure out whatever they might be, whatever your problems are, they. I, I have gotten so many personal revelations and just intuitive help through meditation, through watching sunrises. It's a very empowering – I think your third eye, it's 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 awful. also throughout a lot of these ancient teachings too, Gnostic teachings, that your pineal gland – Is activated um, by sunrises and sunsets. Okay, now let me back up a little bit. I kind of skipped to my last segment here. Um, So I want to back up just a wee bit and talk about this. Um, What is this chi or ki? Also, in other, this is the same thing uh, the Nazis were per- pursuing it, and in their little breakoff society thing, allegedly, that ended up in Antarctica. Um, the Vril, same thing, a light energy. Um, as defined in Ki, it is the material energy of the universe, the basic stuff of nature. It animates life and furnishes functional power to all events. Ki or Chi is the root of the human body, its quality and movement determine human health. There is a normal or healthy amount of ki or Qi or Chi in every person. And health manifests in its balance and harmony, moderation and smoothness of flow. When you get out of balance, and you know you want to hear something really crazy? This is absolutely tied to the swastika. You can find the swastika. Have you ever seen a swastika in ancient civilizations, Brian? Is that? Have you seen that? Is that pretty well known? In I I have an iPad. It's kind of been a little thing that I like to study, and um, throughout in in, you know the ancient Hopis. I I got one here, pre-Columbian Hopewell mound, uh, a serpent swastika. Which these were Nephites. This was 200 BC, uh, Mississippi Valley. So absolutely Nephite civilization. and it is the balancing, the four quadrants, right? The the balancing of chi. It's very old. Uh, Wilhelm Reich, if you're familiar with that, um, his stuff was kind of more like free love hippie stuff, um, which I'm not such a fan of. But he he um, studied the human body when it approaches orgasms, the energy levels and such. It is, it is when cell uh, reproduction and... And splitting just completely goes off the chart. He called it orgone, uh, this life force energy that uh, occurs at that time. Um, the occult side in Germany at that time, the Vril, called it Vril. Um, he called it orgone, and he said it is the universal life force, the basic building block of all organic and organic matter, which I would definitely say that's ether, right? And closely as- associated with sexuality. The term it sh- itself shares the same word root as orgasm. Okay, um, super interesting stuff. If you want to find a, a fun rabbit hole to go go down, Wilhelm Reich. Um, down the road, this same type of avenue became uh, oh, what's that? Rife uh, machine? Was it Patrick Rife? I can't think of the doctor that that did it. But the the energy and frequencies for healing. Um, another 20 years down the road that that stuff was well done um i actually can't think of that name right now but it'll come to me before the end of the show so anyway how much time have we got left brian i don't know if i got time about five minutes left you know i think we've probably got enough time that we can cover this let me get to my other page here um da, 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 da. go okay um as you guys know i like to uh, spend our last couple minutes together um on a spiritual note and things we were talking about everything from satanic rituals to sex today um not in a bad way again but i want to uh talk a little bit about um in isaiah uh there is an end time uh, empire that is compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, And there is an end time Sodom and Gomorrah destruction coming in Isaiah. Um, Other people uh, wrote about it likewise. Uh, um, Even in uh, like uh, Jesus uh, prophesied of it in uh, places like Matthew 24 and um, we have this juxtaposition that is uh, going on in, like, say, Isaiah 28, 29, 30, 31, where we have two emerging kingdoms. We have the kingdom of the Assyrian king, the Stout Horn, the Antichrist, goes by many names, and that may well be even like a presidency or a council, I guess, of sorts. But I, I think, pretty much universally, we all believe that this is going to be a, a one, a one world leader type kind of scenario, a very arrogant man, um, I think it's in Isaiah 61, 58, something like that, um, where he talks about, I have, I have um, combined the wealth of all the nations, I have done this, I have done that, no one even opened their mouth or uttered a peep against me, right? We have this very arrogant man, I have ascended to the high place, this is the man that will seat himself in the Holy of Holies. That will be an interesting Thing I I don't know if he's going to see himself in an actual old Jerusalem temple. Uh, I don't believe it will be a new Jerusalem temple. Um, But he will ascend. This is after the prophets are destroyed and the the two in the street. Um, Then we have one rising up juxtaposed to him. This would be the revealing of the Lord's arm. This is everywhere. You know, once you kind of make this little study, it's kind of cool because It doesn't matter whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, apocryphal writings, Book of Mormon, other scriptures. Um, It's everywhere. It's everywhere once you realize the language, the one mighty and strong, the right hand of the Lord, the revealing of the Lord's arms, Um, uh, the angel of the Lord. This is, I am convinced, the same angel of the Lord that was uh, Moses's. I don't want to call, say Moses's assistant but you know the the angel of the lord the destroying angel of the lord the angel of the lord that made the miracles uh possible that that happened in Moses's day for the Hebrews um including the you know the serpent on the staff there is the lessons that come just from that period with Moses I think it's just amazing I was I was thinking about this the other day and I think it's very much can be um relatable to Things like the vaccine in our day. I mean, a lot of people believe that if you've taken the vaccine, you know, you're going to become a, a, a global robot or something like that. Right. I don't believe that. I think um, agency will play a big role. Um, I would definitely choose to not take it, but that's a personal choice. Um, but I think just like. In ancient Israel's day, they. Um, they made a choice. They got bitten by a serpent. They had poison in their system. We all got poison in our systems, my friends. Whether you've taken a, a kingdom injection, we've all had vaccines, right? We, we all eat their crappy food. We breathe the poisonous air full of chemtrails and ionized pollution and nano aluminum and, and every other freaking thing, right? We all have the poison in us. And so <clears throat> what was their solution? Well, look. Look and live. Look at what? Look at the serpent. Who was a representation of Jehovah. And you know what? They died by the hundreds of thousands. How could that be, right? All you gotta do is look. Just look. I can almost hear it, right? And I'm not so sure that this wouldn't have been me. I'd be like, I'm not gonna look. That's not gonna help. Moses, we need some, we need some real help here, man. We need some, we need a miracle. I'm not gonna look at some I need some help, man. Come on, Moses. You know what I mean? Um, I think we need to be more believing and look and live. And it's going to be great, guys. We are running out of time, so I want to wrap up today's show. Um, take a little time, if you guys get the chance, to check out Robert Sepper, S-E-P-E-H-R. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, you can learn a lot more about what we talked about today, and um, a good, safe, reliable person that doesn't have an agenda when, when it comes to history and such. So. Uh, carry on my good friends don't forget to say your prayers be kind to your spouse and your kids we will be back next week same place same time uh god bless and make it a good one bye-bye